Ashley Brock, reading Dolores Lawson's book, CAD, Chapter 17. Reed didn't have time to get down. The blast came right at them, and she felt herself flying backward. Everything seemed in slow motion, but fast, too. Her back collided with the wall. Cad hit the concrete block wall beside her, and despite the bone-jarring impact, he managed to hang on to his gun. He also yanked her to her feet. Cad didn't have to warn her that they had to get out of there. She knew, because there had already been two explosions, and that meant there could be another. So far, Cad and she had either gotten lucky, or this was all some kind of elaborate trap. This way, Cad said, and he led her away from the part of the hall where the door had once been. It was now just a heap of rumble, a mixture of concrete, wood, and metal, and it was dangerous to try to get through it. They hurried in the other direction, back through the rooms where Cad and she had stayed nearly a year ago when they were undercover. Each step spiked her heartbeat and tightened the knot in her stomach, because each step could lead them straight into another explosion. For that matter, the entire place could be rigged to go up. Cad and she made their way into another hall, one with windows, and it was the thin white moonlight stabbing its way through the glass that allowed Bree to see the moment just ahead of them. Cad pulled her into the room, just as the shot zinged through the air. There was another jolt to her body when Cad and she landed on the floor. Another shot, too, but it slammed into the door jam, and thankfully not them. Despite the hard fall, Cad got her out of the doorway, and they scrambled to the far side of the room. She glanced around. More windows, all with security bars, and there were two doors feeding off in both directions. The doors were closed, but that didn't mean someone couldn't be waiting on the other side. Since she no longer had a gun, Bree grabbed the first thing she could reach. A metal wire waste basket wasn't much of a weapon, but if she got close enough, it could use it to bash someone. Another shot. This one also took a chunk out of the door jam. As unnerving as those shots were, it did give Bree some good news. Well, temporarily good news, anyway. There likely wasn't about to be another explosion in this area. Not with their assailants so close. Close enough to gun them down. You're like cats with nine lives, the person shouted, still using the voice scrambler. You should have been dead by now. Yes, Bree was painfully aware of that, and so was her body. She was aching and stinging from all the cuts, nicks, and bruises. Beside her, Cad was no doubt feeling the same. Why don't you come in here and try to finish the job? Cad shot back. Bree prayed the guy would take Cad up on the offer, because Cad was still armed, but she didn't hear any movement in the hall or outside the building. Were Nate and the other officers there? waiting to respond. She hoped so because Bree didn't want this monster to escape. If that happened, the danger would start all over again. The threats to Cat and her would hang over their heads. The heads of their babies, too. That couldn't happen. This had to end tonight. Are you too scared to face us? Bree yelled. Yeah, it might be a stupid move to go, go their assailant, but it could work. Maybe. Not scared, and I'm not stupid either. This can only end one way, with your deaths. Or yours, Bree fired back. Cad nodded, motioned for her to keep it up. And while he kept low, he began to inch toward the half, the hall door. You know, I think I do remember some things Tim Kirk said. Bree continued, keeping her voice loud to cover Cad's movements. He wasn't very good at keeping secrets, was he? Silence. Cad stopped, waited. All right, the assailant paused. If coach told secrets, then who am I? The person didn't wait for an answer. You don't know. You can only guess. And guessing won't help you, Agent Ryland. 
Cad moved closer to the door, but crouched down so that he was practically on the floor. What if it's not a guess? Realized. What if I've already left a sworn statement with the district attorney? Think about it. I wouldn't have risked coming here if I didn't have an ace in the hole. She nearly choked on the words, the same ones that Kirk had used to describe her child. Maybe their attacker would recognize them and panic. Mercy, did she want panic? Maybe then the person would make a mistake and Cad could get off that shot. Well, recalled out when she didn't get an answer. Should I call the district attorney and tell him to release my statement? She waited, her heart in her throat. Cad waited, too. His attention fastened on the hallway doorway. Rue was so focused on what she could could say to draw out this monster that she barely heard the sound. Not from the hole in the doorway, but from behind her. She turned and saw the shadowy figure in the now-open doorway on the right side of the room. Oh, God. The person lifted his arm ready to fire. Not at her, but at Cad. Bree didn't think. She dropped the trash can and dived at the person who was about to shoot Cad. Cad rolled around just in time to see Bree launch, launch herself at the gunman, and there was no mistaking that this was a gunman because Cad spotted the guy's weapon. He also saw that weapon ram into Bree when she collided with their attacker, but it wasn't just a collision in the gun that latched onto his attention. Cad's heart went to his knees when the sound of the bullet tore through the room. Bree? Cad heard himself yell. She had to be all right if this S.O.B. had shot her, but he couldn't go there. Couldn't bear to think of what might be. Just ran toward her. Then he had to come to a quick stop. Their attacker hooked an arm around Bree's throat and snapped her toward him. In the same motion, the person jammed a gun against Bree's head. Now that Cat's eyes had adjusted to the darkness, he had no trouble seeing the stark fear on her face. Her eyes were wide and her chest was pumping for air. Run! She told Cat. But the person ground the barrel of the gun into her temple. If ye run, she dies right now. Her captor warned, Drop your gun and give me the backups. Cad tried to give Bree a steadying look. Then his gaze went behind her to the figure wearing the dark clothes and a black ski mask. Cad also didn't miss the object in the gunman's left hand. But he or she didn't hold on to it for long. It clattered to the floor. The voice scrambler. Cad realized, their attacker had dropped it, no doubt, so that both hands could be used to contain Bree, and it was working. Bree couldn't move without the risk of being either choked or shot. I said, drop your gun and give me the backups, the man repeated, and it was a man, all right. Cad knew that now that the scrambler was no longer being used. It was a man whose voice Cad recognized, Anthony. So they had the identity of the person who made their lives a living hell and had endangered not just them, but both their newborn daughters. The anger slammed through Cad, but he tried to tap it down, because he had to figure out a way to get that gun away from Bree's head. He wasn't sure Anthony was capable of cold-blooded, close-contact murder, but considering everything else he'd likely done, it was a risk that Cad couldn't take. Why are you doing this, Anthony? Bree asked, but she kept her attention fastened on Cad. Her left eyebrow was slightly cocked as if asking what she should do. Cad didn't have an answer to that yet. You know why I'm doing this, Anthony assured her. Cad heard it, but the words hardly registered. That's because he got a better look at the grip Anthony had on the gun. Oh, mercy. Anthony's hand was shaking. Not good. He was probably scared spitless despite the cocky demeanor he had earlier, and Cad knew from experience that scared people usually made bad decisions in situations like this. Put down the gun. Cad tried to stay calm. 
Normally, it would be a piece of cake. All those years of training and experience had taught him to disguise the fear he felt crawling through him, but this wasn't normal. Bree was on the other end of that gun. You don't want murder added to the list of charges, Cad pressed. No, that's all Anthony said for several moments. But I'll be charged with murder and other things if the cops see the surveillance backups. Hell, so that's what's on them. Murder. Cad figured it was bad if Anthony was willing to go through all of this to get the backups, but he hoped for some lesser charges. Murder meant Anthony had no way out. This was not going to end well. I did name my father and keep and set up the extra cameras, Anthony said, his voice shaking. And I did some things. Bree pulled in a hard breath, and Cad knew she'd come to the same conclusion as he had. Anthony couldn't let them out of there alive, nor with those backups that could get him the death penalty. He was a desperate man, but Cad was even more desperate. I didn't know about the backups at first, Anthony went on. I thought you and Bree were the only two people who could send me to jail. So you kidnapped me, Bree provided. She glanced around as if looking for a way to escape. Cad hoped she wouldn't try until he had a better shot. At the moment, he had no shot at all. The kidnapping worked, Anthony paused again, until Jamie decided to do something stupid, like leaving the baby at the hospital and letting you escape, <laughs> said the woman's name like Venom. Jamie's dead now. Don't have to worry about her or stupidity anymore. Hell, that was not what Cad wanted to hear. Yet another confession to murder to go along with the others on the surveillance backups. The cops are outside. Cad reminded him, just in case Anthony had forgotten that he wasn't just going to shoot and stroll out of here. Yes, and so is the gunman I hired. There was an edge in Anthony's voice, not the edge of someone who was 100% confident in this plan. So Cad decided to see if he could push a button or two. You mean the incompetent gunman who was supposed to kill Jamie in the park? Cat asked. Anthony stammered out a few syllables before he managed some full-blown profanity. Clearly, the gunman was a button, and Cat had indeed managed to push it. Now he could only hope that it didn't put Bree in more danger. Cat needed Anthony distracted, not just fuming mad. Anthony ripped off his ski mask. Yes, that's the idiot, but he won't fail me this time. He knows it'll cost him his life if he doesn't succeed. Cat made a, I doubt that sound in his throat. Another button pushed. Every muscle in Anthony's face tight. Give me the backups, he demanded. Now put down that gun. If I have to tell you again, you're a dead man. Despite the dead man warning, Cad didn't move until he saw Anthony's hand tense. He was going to pull the trigger if Cad didn't do something fast. Here's the gun, Cad said. He stooped down and eased it onto the floor. Cad looked at Bray just a split second glance so that she'd know he was about to try to get them out of this she gave a slight nod. Now, I want the back cups, Anthony ordered. When he was still in a crouch position, Cad reached into his shirt. But he didn't get the back cups. It was now or never. He said a quick prayer and launched himself at Anthony. Cad rammed into the man before Anthony could pull the trigger. That was good news. But the bad news was the Bree was still in danger between them. When Anthony could where Anthony could kill her. Anthony no longer had the gun aimed at her head, but he wasn't ready to surrender. Far from it. Cat tried to shove Bree to the side, but Anthony held on to her, choking her with the crook of his arm. She clawed at his arm while Cad caught the man's shooting hand and bashed it against the floor. Anthony cursed, but he still didn't stop fighting. Neither did Bree or Cat. Bree rammed her elbow against Anthony's stomach, and he sputtered out a cough. 
perhaps the break that Cad needed. For just a split second, Anthony was distracted while he tried to catch his breath. Cad shoved Bree away from the man, and he brought down his fist into Anthony's jaw. His head flopped back, and he dropped the gun. Bree hurried to pick it up, and she put her right to Anthony's head. Give me a reason to kill you, she said. Any reason will do. Maybe she was bluffing, but after everything Anthony had put her through, Maybe not. Either way, Anthony believed her. He stopped struggling, and his hands dropped limply by his side. End of chapter 17